Hello and welcome to Playwright, a podcast about creating and sharing new ways to play. My name is Ryan Heyman. You can call me H. And I'm Ryan Quintel. You can call me Q. And that's the first time I've seen you do that intro. Yeah. Uh, I mean, welcome to season two, everyone. <laughs> this is it. Uh, this is the new format. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm down here for the long July 4th weekend uh, yes. for our American listeners there. They will recognize that as being our day of independence. Yes. I'm sure the rest of the world is pretty clued in on that as well. Seeing how much we like to plaster it over movie posters. and Yeah, you may see or hear potentially in the audio fireworks happening in the background. Fireworks, yes. Over the city of Denver is where I'm visiting. Uh, Mr. Mr. Quintel has been, uh, has been kind enough to host me while, uh, while I've been mooching off his video games and... Uh, oh, no. Drinking all his beer. Here's the real story. He came down, and you can look. He, we, we went hiking. What was it? Saturday, and this guy is going up mountainsides. That I am just like, I'm pausing. I'm sweat. I'm sweating right now. But I was sweating, and I'm like, just don't, don't even wait for me, man. I was. It was like a war zone for me. I was like, just go ahead without me. <laughs> Leave me behind. And you didn't. It was so sweet. Well, I'm. Uh, I'm not in tremendous shape myself. So. <laughs> And that would we that's any excuse to slow down is fine I, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's it's been wonderful. You we've seen nature, we've seen mountains. Yeah, we we've been through the the city and uh nobody's wearing masks anymore. It's very distressing. It's over. It's really it, I mean for Colorado. People think it is, but uh yeah, they think it's over and it's it's tough, you know? Like I I get why people are doing it and now it's like the opposite social pressure of I find myself feeling like people give me looks now when the mask is on. You know, it feels like the opposite sort of thing. You're not doing anyone any harm. You're keeping everyone else safer, if anything. You're doing them a favor. Right. At your own very, very minor personal expense. Right, right. <laughs> well, we have we have all these, uh, we have a whole closet of cloth masks now. And so I imagine. Right, you got to make some use of it. Yeah. Well, anyways, we decided while we were here in the same room, in the same space, we'd record a very special episode of Playwright. We're not going to be hopping back into regular rotation, <laughs> at least not just yet, but uh, just thought it'd be fun to throw on a special episode. And, uh, you know, we talked about doing a special whenever the inclination struck. And now that we're in the same space at the same time, a special time. time has never been better. So let's get some Playwright out there. We don't know who goes first anymore. I, I think you went first for the finale, so I can go oh, first for the special. Okay. So anyways, what I was thinking about was a game that is inspired by the Mario Party game where you're on top of like an ice platform and everyone's on top of a ball and you're kind of balancing and trying to bump each other off. Yes. All right. So I was thinking about a game like that and I was thinking about like a uh, like an NF. NFC platform like uh, like the Skylanders used to use. Oh, okay, okay. The Lego Dimensions. Yes. And I was wondering like if either NFC or if there's other technology that could be used to where like each player can have basically like a disc on this board and you can build around, you know, multiple different like mini games, on-screen mini games that you would use just by like moving your disc and you can have like four people all kind of crowded around and moving their 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 discs around. I'm moving the character or I'm moving a board? The thing is, like, it could be kind of a compilation of mini games. Oh, uh, and okay. so I was, you know, whatever kind of creative, like, we can talk about the technology that would go into it. We can talk about the different types of mini games and how all those can come together. But I'm, I'm just, you know, thinking about, like, kind of like a maybe air hockey feel or 
less violent, oh. probably a little bit more contained of a space. It's got to go underneath somebody's TV. And, but uh, yeah, so anyways, a kind of, uh, kind of a Skylander-Z type of platform. Let's see how we can kind of mix and match different ideas to, to come up with. Um, what, what, what would you like to play on a platform like that? You start talking about Skylanders and NFC stuff, and do you remember, this might be from my childhood and not yours, but we're similar in age, the, there was a game when I was growing up where you had like a metal top and it had like a launcher and you actually like cranked it in the launcher and then kind of it flipped and let the top, so it was like Battle Tops, I think, I think was the name of it. That kind of, I wonder what you could do, of course, I guess that, that puts us back in violence land, but uh, I wonder what you could do with like knowing... Through NFC, we would generally know if something is like in the a dangers or in a particular zone, right? Because it knows proximity. NFC. You see, that's the thing I'm not sure about. That's the thing I was kind of worrying about. Like, like if you needed to, you could have like multiple NFC sensors that you can kind of by oh. triangulation track, but that may be more difficult than it's worth. If there was like a really simple technology that could track like the movement of something, even like the old touchscreens. That just kind of use the, like, the grids of lasers oh, yeah. to determine where things are. I don't this know. It would be interesting to have a, even like a capacitive touch, and if all these things had a capacitive bottom, you'd get really exacting coordinates. Yeah, I wonder how expensive that would be to kind of mass produce. If it wasn't a screen, and it was just like a sheet, okay, a, an electromagnetic sheet, I think you would get control. Kind of like the uh, touchpads on a laptop. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're able to move around. I, I almost feel like... A, well, I'm trying to think of like real time versus not real time because I'm thinking about how board games, so many board games could be enhanced with some level of technological awareness or a computer handling randomization of events. Yeah. You know, Monopoly has to, you have to land on a space in Monopoly and say, okay, now turn over this card to find out the random thing. But technology could surprise you. It's like an, a third element in the play. So one of the things that I was playing recently, I went back to uh, Nintendo Land the Wii U launch title. <laughs> oh, man. I love Nintendo Land. One of the games on there that actually holds up really well, and I was, I was kind of, I was playing it for a little bit, and I was like, this could really do with like a Switch port or something, but then I, the more that I thought about it, the more I was like, this really feels like it needs to be on the Wii U. I don't think it would translate to like a one-screen environment. The Yoshi's Fruit Adventure or something, where you have like a little Yoshi cart on, on screen, and the TV screen shows various platters of fruit all across, yes. the, all across the board and then like a goal that you have to get to. Yeah. And then you look down at the Wii U screen, which is where you kind of like trace out the route of where you want the car to drive. And you can't see the fruit. You can't see the goal. And so you have to kind of like... You're referencing. Yeah, yeah. Kind of cross-referencing between them. Um, you can use like little bits and pieces of like background texture to kind of cross-check where you think you are and yeah. um, that makes for a lot of fun and so you could do something like that where you know you can try to move your disc along a course and see how well it matches up mm -hmm. you could almost do like a hungry hungry hippos but like not know where the marbles are <laughs> i guess that that's just kind of a slapping the board game but the i'm thinking about like that feeling of or there's a creature under the surface or something, and you're trying to track the creature mm -hmm. through this NFC chip. The computer knows where it is. Maybe you can all see it on screen. Yeah. And then you're maybe you're all trying to get to a hot zone at the same time with your your you know onboard characters. Uh -huh. you, there's also these those like maybe WarioWare, but I think it's Mario Party mini games where they're like draw this thing, and then you see how accurately you drew it. I feel like that would work. That could be fun. You could also do like a 
Like there is one point on the board that's designated like the goal. Okay. But every person, their controls are randomized. Like their oh. up is down and left and right. And like all of that stuff is randomized <laughs> with each turn. And so everyone has to like fiddle with their little, you know, NFC disc and try to like figure out the um, gain the kind of like the awareness of direction of how they're mm-hmm. controlling and all try to, and you know, that kind of solves the problem of people trying to push their physical discs into the same physical space because technically the goal point could be like different for each person based on how their controls are being reversed. I'm realizing that this, this is making me realize that the Wii U never got a proper port of operation. <laughs> and I feel like it would be the perfect system to do it, right? Because you could have the patient on screen and you could, you're kind of digging around, mm-hmm. like trying to, <laughs> trying to do your best to be like, am I touching the sides? Am I not touching the sides? Operation's a very vertical game though. You know, yeah, you're, you're going you have in. to go in. But what could you do if you had NFC? You, it's almost like, what's it called? Like like laparoscopic surgery or something where there's just a tiny little camera and you're uh-huh. remote guiding tweezers in there, like inside of somebody. You have maybe two teams of two people and maybe there's like a group of lemmings that you have to escort from one side to the other. And so you can like, you can each, you know, fiddle with your NFCs to provide the, the cover or the um, ground for them to walk on, or, you know, over gaps and stuff oh, or yeah. kind of bump them up. Um, or, you know, there could be stages where your different, you know, tags turn into portals. And so, you know, the lemmings go in one and come out the other. And so you'd have to kind of work together to determine, you know, where you want to move your disc at the time. And then you're kind of competing against the other team. All of this feels like it requires a very large Expensive. board. <laughs> so I don't know how reasonable any of this is. No, I think it's possible. And the, in terms of, I'm thinking about like what the NFC technology is and NFC is always like taking a thing, you know, tapping it on a thing. But it can tell if it's being like held there as well. Right. It it knows when like the amiibo is removed. Yeah. I wonder if that means you could do like, you could almost do like a invisible blind Simon game or you maybe, maybe is there a NFC rhythm game to be had in there too? Like it really knows when you're actually making, is there like the proper taps and getting that do, 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 or like jumping around a board or something that could be interactive. You can create a whole little, uh, like a mixing board for music as well, using these two discs and kind of like locate the, like tuning the radio stations in Arkham City or something like that. And, or, or lock picking, right. And so many, like the, the Splinter Cell lock pick, uh, is Splinter Cell the one where you kind of like notch it in and out? See, I, I haven't played much Splinter Cell, but I know that like Oblivion did that. Oh yes, 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 yes. And you could just keep going through lockpick, lockpick, lock. You eventually just got to the point where you're just like the auto lockpick button and you're like, I have 900 of these. It's fine. <laughs> I can't get rid of I got the skeleton key. It's literally unbreakable. But they still make you click on it a number of times right. before it works. Click, click, click. I love it. And so we, so the board is, go, I'm, going, I'm thinking about the top idea for a second. Top is maybe a little tougher because you can't control, but what if you had some sort of, some control over your character, whether it's a Rock'em Sock'em robot or something, something where you are, you can encroach on NFC space and then back off of it, or where the NFC sensor is detecting is always moving around the board 
and uh, you're you're trying to kind of like find the hot spot. You know, maybe the the uh, statue that you have kind of has a little bit of a could be kind of a good sonar type of activity. Yes, going on here. It would also be great for like a Ouija board. You know, planchette type of activity. Oh my gosh, the devil! The devil made me do it. Did you see this? That's new paranormal, uh, not the paranormal. Uh, uh, conjuring movie. It's called The Devil Made Me Do It. No. Yeah. It, what a what a name for a movie. It's very long. We've got about a minute left. What makes the NFC thing real? Another thing that'd be fun, going back to like old, old video games like the Vectrex, would be like overlays that you can put over the board. Oh. Whether they're kind of like a full like game board, like a game of life type of thing. Yes. Or just like the old Vectrex, like just makes it look like you're in the cockpit of a TIE fighter or something. You could even do an overlay and do like battleship, right? You could get like a grid of points and actually have, yeah, to, you'd have to find some sort of divider. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. Sonar combat too with my little special overlay board. You just need a cheap NFC stickers are cheap. They're really cheap. Yeah. You can buy like a book of them for like 10 bucks or something. I burn my own Amiibo cards these days whenever <laughs> I need something that's uh, in a Nintendo game that's locked behind. <laughs> One of their $25 purchases. Like, don't think I will. I think I'll just download the data. Thank you for the fast travel, Nintendo. <laughs> All right, that's it. That's our 10 minutes. I guess it's then the money's on me now. Here we go. Well, we got to come up with a name. So NFC is very close to NFT. Is there any kind of like, what are the like sayings? But NFT are... is made so much later. You're talking about just like actual NFTs? I was, I was just thinking about like funny names. Like, did, are NFTs like... Involved in any cute titles or anything? Probably not. Could we be Near Field Warriors? Near Field Warriors is almost like NSFW. It'd be really funny if we can hit that <laughs> acronym. Like a near... Near space. Near space. Okay. <laughs> near space field... So there's two Warriors. words that describe the space that... <laughs> you know what? Whatever. New we'll take space. it. New space. New space? I mean, if it is like near field is like the... Technology. It's the technology. So. Okay, okay. Near. I, I don't mind doubling up on the, like, this doesn't have to make sense. Near Superfield Warriors. That, I, I think that's, uh, this, that gets me excited. <laughs> that, um, that feels a lot of good very, words in there. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like it hits all the uh, proper action verbs. All right, well, uh, that will wrap up the first pitch. Let's move on to yours for the day. Earlier today, we watched, it was my first time watching, I think your first time watching, Battle Royale. The Japanese action movie, horror movie. It's, it's some art house <laughs> movie. It's a, yeah. it's a crazy movie. And it's kind of what the battle royale genre of video games is based on. But as I was watching it, I realized all of these battle royale games are missing something that I feel like that movie has, which is these kids all know each other. Mm -hmm. So what if we had like a persona okay. style game where you have half of the game where you are getting to know people and you're building relationships and all of these things. And then in this latter half of the game, you have to murder each other on an island. That's interesting. All right. You could actually, it could actually be really based on the movie here. Yeah. Yeah. My first reaction is that <laughs> I, I do like this kind of intermixing of the action and the social elements. This feels very right. Danganronpa. Yes. And I think the thing that Danganronpa gets really right about this balance is that, like, while narratively it makes sense to do, like, first half of the game is social, second half of the game is action, I think we're going to get more kind of, like, drama and tension and 
interesting narrative tangles by intermixing like one one on one off oh maybe the class starts as like you know like 50 kids or something like that Mm -hmm. and then you have to reduce it by 10 each time they're like okay fire emblem style end of the month time to to everyone battle to the death and then you call 10 kids and then you're back on math class on monday yeah or you know whatever kind of number it ends up working out to to make the game kind of long enough yeah well if we're putting up persona numbers there's not a class large enough for us to sustain no no <laughs> certainly and actually something a little bit shorter would give us some room to introduce a little bit of like narrative divergence as well based on who's alive and who dies like we can really right. get in depth as far as you know how um how the story develops and you know just like any of these games like you want to learn more about the characters and so um you know there are certain characters who it it, just like in the movie battle royale like they're given like a weapon at the beginning that they're just kind of randomly um randomly assigned if you answer your english quiz correctly during the week it enchants increases your chance of getting a better weapon at the battle royale well maybe kind of like the setup is the same like every time you play the game and then it's in the action scenes that you have to either like hunt down characters that you know you don't want to see again in the future yes or also remembering that everyone else is trying to take each other out and so there's this kind of like sexy brutal types of like you have to foil somebody else's plans to murder somebody else and there are some people who just come in with like really useless weapons and um you have to protect them if you could have social systems where like you kind of set up people being angry at each other going into the battle royale but i love the idea of an excuse to have you know we people are replaying mass effect right now big thing about mass effect is who you're going to romance right like who's it going to be some people don't yeah some people don't play like that but in, if you're going to romance someone in Mass Effect, you put a lot of investment in that character and having conversations with them. I love the idea of building a romance storyline and then having that person try to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're like, oh my God, I thought we were getting so close to this relationship. Or even even successfully having the relationship and them, you have to kill them because they're coming after you. Back to like the gameplay portion, because I think this is really pivotal for like how this develops. Like, I think... The the feeling that I got in the movie was that all of these children were understandably like really reticent to killing each other. <laughs> right. And that's the feeling that we're trying to build. And so we don't want it to feel like a... For a couple of them, they felt like maybe that it was unleashing something that they already had there. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't want this to be like a game where you're like plopped down in like a third person shooter and it just feels great to get out there and fire a gun right, off. Right, and right. It's like, you know, make it a little bit more like survivally, like a... Metal Gear Solid Five, like where you're like stealth and sneaking around is kind of like the mm. modus operandi. And then as you encounter other players, because you're on this big island, you might not see anybody else during your entire time there. Then you can kind of like intervene on, oh yeah, actually, you know, the land is so big. I want to give the player at least some opportunity to intervene, like because if everyone is trying to kill each other, yeah. you could go through the entire game theoretically and like never see any action. Maybe we also craft it so that like there there is a way kind of a very specific path that ends successfully with like multiple kids making it or whatever. I, I, I started going into the realm of like throughout the movie you have you have these students like going into houses and cooking 
and doing all sorts of stuff. And so I'm, I'm wondering if we can take classes the rest of the month or week or whatever that build our survival skills. Yeah. Yeah. When we go out. So, Hey, tune into home ec because you're going to be able to craft some amazing things out of white rice. And then just like in persona, you're kind of balancing that against spending time with people and building your relationships and potentially Mm -hmm. forming alliances. You know, maybe when you encounter somebody on the field, you know, their decision on what to do with you is kind of based on how strongly they feel towards you. Your social affinity. (laughs) Yeah. If you come on in a threatening manner, they might, you know, react more strongly. Get that Paragon meter up, 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 up with everybody. You know, I was saying like you could do you space on like the size of the island. Like you could go through the entire game without encountering any other players. And I think the biggest moments of drama are the characters you know, trying to kill each other. Yeah. And so being able to intervene there, if there was, if it can kind of work like the Red Dead Redemption 2 or the Grand Theft Auto systems, where it's like there are a set number of like scripted encounters that will kind of like generally populate in like one of a few different places. So if you wander in there, then you have a chance of seeing this thing kind of, you know, unfurl instead of it all just being like, completely set in stone and you might you you probably will miss every single one of them you know i like these like monster hunter world type of encounters of the characters you know encountering each other and maybe you intervene maybe you drive one of them off maybe you Mm -hmm. uh, shoot somebody who's aiming at somebody else that happens too right somebody will come in and like save somebody yeah I, I like the idea, too, of like, if, if it is going to be tight enough of something that people would play through, let's say, you know, within 20 hours or less, maybe after the very first battle, that kind of establishes, because Battle Royale really does kind of establish a villain, doesn't it? They really establish the person right away, but they, uh, it's like a brooding kid in the back of a class who, who looks visually very different from the rest of the... He's the anime character. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Spiky hair and all. The idea of... The first battle royale like moment, the first battle moment determines sets up who the villain is. Oh, so like a um, nemesis system. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like a nemesis. So like whoever makes it, maybe somebody who I think what you want, right, to make sure that you don't cull down too much or whatever is you want to be able to maybe have the characters be a little hardy. Mm-hmm. There are people who take a lot of gunshots in this yeah, movie yeah. <laughs> and and somehow still keep ticking. And I, I think it would be cool to whoever like comes after you and you kind of escape in a near death way after the first one becomes the nemesis for the rest of it. And like once that person has that encounter, you kind of mathematically behind the scenes say, OK, this person is going to string along to the end and become more and more of a problem. Yeah. Start taking out friends of yours. Start like hunting down and culling your group, trying to eliminate allies that you're building along the way. And so these uh, these social sections. I think one of the most interesting things that the movie didn't explore, but like if there were times when people would have to come back together and would have to eat meals together again and the game was called off, you know, there were no more murders during this time. It's against the rules. We should, if it was a Nintendo game, there would be a character that would say that line of dialogue. Okay, children, there will be no more murders during this time. I mean, this is like a straight kind of Monokuma, uh, Danganronpa. But anyways, like you have this time when like the kids maybe don't know who killed who, or maybe Mm. they do. And there's this kind of like awkward tension. People become uh, ostracized because they had murdered somebody else, you know, reasonably. 
you hear things, you hear about what went on the battlefield. Maybe some kids like I, I just barely made it. This person was chasing us with an axe, but I think I, but I think I, um, and then you have to sit across the dinner table from them and just be like, you tried to kill me. Right. And if you can't make out the character or maybe the, the, the person who is telling the story is like, I don't know who they are, but I know I like shot them in the shoulder. Mm. And so now you're like looking out for like a shoulder injury for your other, this is very dark, but the movie was, (laughs) it's very dark. It was very dark. We've got the cooking mechanics. What else kind of, there's some first aid that you need to learn for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. What else do you need to survive on this Island? It's, it's not like the everybody parachutes in like the PUBG. It's very different. These kids are bust there. Kind of might as well be like, they're given time to individually kind of scatter at the beginning. So essentially they're in, random places throughout the island. Everyone's kind of deployed one by one. Here's your yeah, stuff, yeah. throw your stuff, throw your stuff. Maybe there's some sort of a, you can level up your navigational skills. So, you know, they're each given like compasses and maps, but, you know, as maybe as your character like levels up in their ability to read compasses and maps, then maybe their place will be marked on the map, you know, some way to make it easier for the user as well. That uh, That's about our time. I'd be remiss if I didn't... Um mentioned that one mechanic that I feel like is you could take from the movie that I'm surprised no battle royales have done is like sneaking up and stealing somebody's weapon. Like these people are really clinging to their weapons. And if you turn your back, you actually have to set it down, right? You don't have unlimited pockets Mm -hmm. in battle royale land. We got to come up with a name. There's been a lot of battle royale. Yeah. That's already kind of existed in the space. And I think we've made quite a few of those. (laughs) Yeah. Ourselves. (laughs) The Royale Academy. I think we've done that. That sounds really familiar. <laughs> We'd have to, we have to Google our own website to find out if we... So there's like finals. Finals is also kind of a Ooh. battle royale thing. That could just be it. Finals. Finals. That, yeah, you know, actually, that, that suits it. <laughs> finals coming this fall. Finals. All right, that is our two pitches for the day, but we do have actually a contribution from... Um, from listeners so we're uh, i think we've received two since the show ended um very shortly after the show ended like a day or two after we did our final recording i'm sure that they were trying in earnest to get in on time but totally fine uh just didn't quite catch that cut off so we're going to read one of those now and i'm sure we'll get to a another special episode again in the future so this is from Tino Jakak, J-A-Jakak, probably. We'll, like we'll put, our, put our money on that. Tino writes, just listen to your penultimate regular show where you said further pitches submitted today would probably not make it to the final show. Um, that, that actually probably didn't come up on microphone. Lucky you. So that was a perfect timing to submit one. My idea is a mechanic where you create game assets from images that you think look like other stuff, i.e., while browsing the interweb, you see a picture of a house with some shrubbery out in the front that looks a bit like a tank when you squint, or you see a cloud that looks like a giant robot bear. Tina's got a great imagination here. Um, I've, I've just Googled, and the word is periodola. I'll have to spell it. It's P-A-R-E-I-D-O-L-I-A for this kind of thing. Uh, you could then manually crop the images to a bound of what you see with your mind's eye, and it would get processed via something like Deep Dream to produce a new interpretation of the image. Then an algorithm assigns the game stats to the object based on the number of eyes or dogs now present on the object. <laughs> Maybe if it magically produces no eyes or dogs, the stat could be best. Uh, the stats could be the best possible. 
I originally saw this as a team battle type thing where you use this mechanic to create your pocket monster gang and maybe augmented reality style, but hopefully it sounds fun. And, and Tino adds here, by the way, love you, Ryan. So sweet. Thank you, Tino. Thank you for all the playwright. And I look forward to the future one-off specials followed by a cash grab reunion in 10 years time. I think after four years, we should be able to grab cash at some point. I know. We should get... How much money are we getting for this special? I should, we should have really worked something out beforehand. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, we got to get in touch with the sponsors. But anyways, let's start the clock again. Yes. Let's give ourselves 10 minutes. I really like this. Um, I think I'm going to pivot a little bit at the very beginning here. So there's a, there's a um, piece of software that's been demoed around, and I'm sure you've seen it, but it's a... It's an app that can, like, you can draw something in, like, a very simple MS Paint style oh, yes. format, and then it'll kind of, like, interpret that into, like, a photorealistic. And so people can draw, like, a clumsy mountain and some white in the sky for clouds and mm-hmm. maybe, like, draw a little stick figure house in front of it. And then the uh, algorithm will, like, interpret that somehow, some magically, <laughs> into, um, you know, somewhat correctly scaled images that actually looks like a reasonably real approximation of what you've uh, what you've created. And so maybe there's maybe there's challenges that you have to do in kind of a Jackbox style. I'm thinking of uh, games like uh, what is the one in the most recent Jackbox party pack? The one where you draw. There's Drawful, there's TKO. And it's uh, some sort of a fighters. Anyways, like sketch fighters or something. Ooh, I, haven't, I haven't played it. Anyways, it's a good one. Um, but anyways, you're given like a specific challenge like something that you would want to find at a birthday party or something that can knock down this wall. And then it's up to the two people to, you know, on their individual devices, just draw something. And then the algorithm will interpret what they drew and then populate it with like the most, with like the closest like stock image result. And so maybe somebody wanted to knock down the wall with a tank. And so they draw a tank. But then the algorithm was like, I don't know, that looks a little bit more like a frog to me. <laughs> and now you have a frog and the other player comes in with like a wrecking ball. So you're trying to draw mean looking things or things that will you think will well, resolve. Potentially, into- maybe it's a maybe it's a crying baby. You have to calm down. So you draw like a bottle of milk and then that oh. ends up being like, you know, the Sears Tower or something like that. And you're like, no, that's not what I had intended. <laughs> but let's see. Of these two things, which one gets closer to what the computer wanted? Interesting. And so in in what Tino was saying, he's building like a pocket monster team of these cloud animals slash. So is it that like if I draw somehow something that ends up being a spider monkey, I get a spider monkey? I think it would be kind of Jackbox style, like applicable only to that specific round. And okay. so maybe okay. like maybe if you had like a group of like eight people, there are two people who are battling. Each one draws their thing. The computer interprets it. Mm-hmm. You don't know what they were trying to draw, but the computer interprets it into two objects, two stock photos. Okay. And then everyone else has to vote which one is more likely to bring the wall Do down the yeah, or yeah, soothe yeah. the baby or whatever. I like that. Okay. So now I'm creating these creatures are we still using that technology or are we using like the, I take a photo, if a cloud looks like a, what is it, a dog or something that I get a dog? It doesn't matter or is it? Well, I think the the point that uh, was made in the email there was in all of these kind of like Google AI 
image interpretation. Yeah. Like they always come with like these weird fractals of like eyeballs and dog faces and stuff like that. So I think that's what was like, (laughs) that was the reference that was being made in there. But uh, I don't know. We, We can take it in either direction, really. I do like the idea of having maybe doing a drawing of some sort, like a creature, but then having to source like a, a photo material for the creature. Like if you draw a frog and you go and take a picture, we were, we were using an app this morning of like a pictures of plants that somehow it can, it's like, okay, well this frog is going to be made of these flowers and that'd be kind of Scarlet Nexus. I'm realizing, but the, that I like the idea of like, you can create a, you know, a tank made of clouds, you know, <laughs> it somehow gets mapped into being like a big fluffy. If this was a multiplayer game, and this could even be like a multiplayer remote game where people are maybe even like not at the same time, like they could, this could be a game that would go on over kind of days and days, but like two players are assigned a challenge to come up with something that looks dangerous. And then they have to, with their phones, take a picture of something in their environment uh, which I think we have talked about these kind of like photo scavenger hunts yeah. before, but then all the other players would like vote on which of the two seems the most dangerous. And so, you know, it's based on wherever you are. Maybe when you are given the challenge, it sends you a push alert and you have five minutes to submit your uh, your photo. But, you know, voting can take however long like that. You know, there's no pressure on voting. Yeah. But I really like it to be that you have to find a picture wherever you are at the moment. And, you know, you can't take a two-hour drive to go up to the Snoqualmie waterfall and find the perfect scenario. (laughs) So you have to use something around. So you could create, like, a a, a, even right here, a rug creature, for example. Yeah, you can can see something in the clouds. You can make shadow puppets if you can also somehow hold your phone. I imagine, like, a a snake made of piano keys would look actually quite threatening. If we, if we just some spiny little, it looked like, um, almost like a skeleton or something. Mm, yeah. Um, so we're taking these creatures, we're battling them. When we battle them, like, how do we determine the winner? He's talking about rolling stats based on what the thing generates, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I was kind of talking about like individual challenges that would be more kind of like subjectively judged by the other people who are in the competition. Mm. Um, but you know, certainly could do like something that is more kind of like computer driven, something that turns whatever you take a picture of into like a little creature. I feel like this, these tool sets that like Google's messing with or that Tino talks about here is what is, it's either the logical next step for, or it's the tool set that's really missing from tools like Dreams, mm-hmm. where, you know, all of these, I, I mean, I get it for content moderation reasons. You kind of want to control the set of things that someone has access to. But the, you know, there's a lot of people who are creators, but can't necessarily model a character, but they're still a creative person. They can still come up with creative ideas. And so there's a ton of people, right, who are music makers that are really just remixers or samplers. I wonder, you know, what you could do with taking the sort of take this thing, but make it out of this material or see what happens when you apply physics X, Y, Z to it. You know, you could use the technology from Spore, which is another one that we talked about all the time, um, where it kind of like you throw on some legs and arms and eyes and stuff, and then the creature kind of figures out how it moves around, <laughs> where it can interpret oh, a I picture. You take a picture yes. of some object, and then the image is kind of like interpreted into something that 
figures out a way to move around based on like so something that's really like complicated like your uh, microphone stand would make for a really interesting creature because it's got a lot of like limbs and wires and you know it's basically a camera uh, could really have a lot of fun with yeah you know that that actually goes back to something that a lot of people innately understand which is have you ever been to to a place and somebody's just like slapped googly eyes on something (laughs) yeah yeah i feel like if now if we give tino the like hey take a photo Mm -hmm. whatever it is we'll make it just a tv we've got a tv on a stand over here so we do a tv and or monitor here and we put giant googly eyes on it but you can attach, we give you things to attach. So you can attach googly eyes. It's almost like a Mr. Potato Head. Yeah. But maybe we also give you like steering wheels and stuff too. And so like depending on if you attach like a steering wheel to it and some wheels, it becomes a vehicle okay. in that way. Maybe you can you can put some googly eyes and maybe still the cannon or something as a nose or something. And then you get like a, a creature that can kind of shoot pellets out of its beak or something. This is getting very complicated. <laughs> this is getting weird. But I, I, I love the idea of it being maybe more than, because the battling thing is so hard, right? How do you determine what is quote good? But what if this was more about having a ugly pet, you know, like a Neo pet where you're like, this is, this is, you know, my compressed air can, monster and i need to feed it three times a day and give it sunshine and all that sort of stuff it'd be fun with like a social element because it feels very personal i mean there would just be like hundreds of penis monsters on this website and and you'd have to keep it alive (laughs) you'd have to care for it (laughs) it calls into question the social elements if this was a completely individual thing then raise as many penises as you want please but yes Oh, this is it. Yeah. And then you raise it and then it can have like a, a weird morphing child that's like somewhere between the thing that you made and a new thing. Yeah, that could be interesting. <laughs> We're, my, my wrist just buzzed. We're at time. Okay. What do we call it? Oh, right. Can't be penis monsters. I'm going to... can't be. We have that word from Tino, which is the magic that's word. That's right. The one that we can't pronounce. We can't pronounce it. It is... Periodolia? Periodolia. The word of the day. The word of the day. Yeah, I think that suits. That's a that's a fun name. One that'll uh, be difficult to Google, but fun for people to say once they <laughs> once they find it. Yeah, I think that um, I think that just about wraps our show. We didn't really come prepared with a redacted game, which I think would be a little weird because yeah, the we can't screen do. We is can't right. Redact. <laughs> screen is right there, and so it would be a, a difficult. Uh, a difficult proposition, but rest assured there's more emails in the inbox and we will be doing shows intermittently and we, you know, you'll find yours at some point, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. We have, uh, I think we'll have some opportunities later this year to send some stuff out. We're also going to be getting, you know, this and hopefully some of the back catalog on YouTube, just whenever we can find time for that. So there will be lots of ways to, um, to own and consume playwright. <laughs> well, Hey, we did it. Special thank you. Do I have to? I guess I have to do the spiel, right? <laughs> Special thank you to Protodome for the use of our theme song, Hello World, off the album Blue Noise. And when you're listening to things, go listen to the great shows on the Kane and Rince Network, like The Sausage Factory, like Kane and Rince. And um, I, I guess if you would like to email us, <laughs> it is a very risky proposition at this yeah, point. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But uh, if you just want to say hi, or if you do have a Future video game idea, who knows? Maybe we will. The way the YouTube thing would be to say, drop a comment on this video. Yeah, we certainly do that. Um, (laughs) Playwrightcast at gmail.com, playwrightcast.com slash pitch. 
Um, playwrightcast.com is just like a great place to go for everything playwright and for my uh, video game music history remix project as well. Yeah. So it's just a nice, nice little corner of the internet. Um, and then at playwright on Twitter. I think with that, that wraps our first live show played yeah. in front of no audience. We have a little uh, Shovel Knight and Bob Ross. <laughs> There's a Bob Ross and a Shovel Knight. And they, they've been, actually, Bob, please sit down. It's very threatening. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>